attackers shutter a critical infrastructure safety system, and the U.S. House votes to give DHS's cybersecurity unit a meaningful name. These stories and more coming up in the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. The cybersecurity company FireEye's Mandiant Unit is helping a client deal with a type of malware attack that officials fear could threaten public safety. At the heart of the attack is malware known as Triton and is used to disrupt operations of critical infrastructure organizations. FireEye wouldn't identify the victimized customer or details about the attack because of a confidentiality agreement. But the company says the malware manipulated controls of the company's industrial safety system that provides for emergency shutdowns of industrial processes when they become unsafe, such as when a critical cooling system fails. Dan Scally is lead investigator on the attack. He's Mandian's senior manager for industrial control systems security consulting. So this malware has the ability to reprogram safety-instrumented systems controllers. And that's obviously significant since the function of these controllers is to protect people, to prevent environmental releases, and to protect equipment. How would such an attack work? You compromise the SIS controllers and you reprogram them in a way to make them less effective, to not recognize an unsafe state. At the same time, the attackers had compromised and had the ability to manipulate the control system. You basically, you need three things to cause physical consequence. You'd need the ability to control the process. You would need to disable or degrade the the functionality of the SIS so that the SIS doesn't safely shut things down. And then obviously you need the engineering and process control know-how as to how to manipulate the process to cause an unsafe state, right, or cause things to, uh, to, to get into that state. And so if you were able to do all those things, you could cause something to happen. Scally says he doesn't think the actor meant to disable the safety system at the time of the attack. He suspects the attacker was probing the system. What we ended up seeing is while the attacker was interacting with the controllers, right? So they had compromised an engineering workstation that is used to program these controllers. Essentially, these controllers have redundancy checks. One of the redundancy checks failed, which caused the controllers to to trip and to fail safe. We don't think that the attacker actually intended to do that at that time. Looking at the malware and the capabilities of the malware, obviously the ability to reprogram the controller, and the fact that there's really not a lot of interesting information, right, that you would just glean, right, or or be able to take from these controllers. We, We believe they were trying to cause a physical consequence. If not at that moment, based on the other evidence, potentially at some point in the future or to be ready or have the capability to do that at some point in the future. Because disabling an industrial system using Triton is a costly proposition and there's no financial reward in conducting an attack, Scali says FireEye suspects a nation state is behind the hack. He wouldn't speculate which nation it could be. In many respects, Triton is like the Stuxnet malware the United States and Israel use to disable Iran's nuclear centrifuges. Pascali sees Triton as being more threatening to the public welfare. I think notable about this malware is the focus on safety instrumented systems or this particular type of technology, the SIS, which is not something that's been seen before. And why is this significant that they're attacking this type of system? 
it's wildly deployed and its purpose is to protect people, the environment, and equipment. There's, you know, I guess, a level of audacity associated with targeting a safety system that potentially performs those critical functions. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. Remember the Mirai botnet attacks from last year? The distributed denial of service attacks targeted the website of computer security journalist Brian Krebs, as well as the domain name systems provider Dyn. DNS providers act as a switchboard of sorts, and in the case of Dyn, connecting users to websites such as Twitter, the New York Times, and Netflix. The Dyn attack caused major internet disruptions to those in other companies in parts of Europe and North America. This week, in U.S. federal court, three men pleaded guilty to computer fraud charges for creating and employing Mirai. They are Paraj Jha of Fanwood, New Jersey, Josiah White of Washington, Pennsylvania, and Dalton Norman of Metairie, Louisiana. The Justice Department says the trio's deeds infected more than 100,000 computers. When we return in a moment after this message, we'll hear about legislation to change the name of the agency at the Department of Homeland Security responsible for cybersecurity. What is that? I don't know what that is. I don't know what that means. We've got to fix that. This is the ISMG Security Report. ISMG's 2018 global events will take place in over 100 cities across four continents. Don't miss the opportunity to meet with over 5,000 senior information security professionals and leading technology vendors from around the world to discuss the most pressing cybersecurity issues we face today. Visit events.ismg.io today. We're back. When John Kelly became Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security in January, he reviewed the department's organizational chart and came across a title that puzzled him the National Protection and Programs Directorate. Christopher Krebs is acting head of the directorate, and he recalls Kelly as saying, What is that? I don't know what that is. I don't know what that means. We've got to fix that. The House of Representatives earlier this week voted to fix that. By a voice vote, the House approved a bill to change the name of the directorate to the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. The legislation also would reconfigure agency functions. The name change is more than symbolic. Representative John Radcliffe is a Texas Republican who chairs the House Homeland Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Protection Subcommittee and a bill co-sponsor. Here is Radcliffe speaking about the measure on the House floor. This bill establishes the structure, the nomenclature, and the flexibility to best serve the American people. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency will be structured to best work with partners at all levels of government, from the private and the nonprofit sectors, to share information and to build greater trust in order to make our cyber and our physical infrastructure more secure. This bill provides the necessary overarching structure and the interdepartmental flexibility to best allow DHS to execute its mission in both cybersecurity and the infrastructure security space. Representative Nanette Diaz-Barrigan of California was the Democrats' floor manager for the bill known as H.R. 3359. And she said renaming NPPD, as the director is known, would better communicate its mission to stakeholders, agency partners, and the cyber talent DHS needs to recruit. 
Now, make no mistake, these are not mere administrative or bureaucratic changes. H.R. 3359 would transform NPPD into an operational agency on par with TSA or Customs and Border Protection. The Transportation Security Administration and Customs and Border Protection also reside within DHS. Cybersecurity has been part of DHS's mission since it was formed in 2003, but the Directorate didn't come into existence until Congress enacted a law reorganizing parts of DHS in 2007. Besides giving NPPD the moniker Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, the bill would designate a director to manage the agency. That director would report directly to the DHS secretary. The director would be aided by a deputy director. The legislation would create three divisions, Cybersecurity, infrastructure security, and emergency communications. Each division would be headed by an assistant director. The bill also would streamline the agency by transferring the Directorate's Office of Biometric Identity Management to the Department's Management Directorate and Federal Protective Service to another DHS component that the Secretary would determine to be appropriate. The bill has been a long-time priority for its chief sponsor, Texas Republican and House Homeland Security Chairman Michael McCall. Here's McCall speaking on the House floor. A cyber attack could bring down our power grid, could bring down our stock market, our financial institutions, our energy sector. A major cyber attack on this nation could cripple this nation and its economy and the lives of the people in the United States. So that, Mr. Speaker, is why this bill is so important. To elevate the civilian agency within the department to form a single agency that deals with cybersecurity. I've been very dogged in my determination, and I would urge that the Senate take up this measure because we cannot afford to delay because the threat is that great. DHS's new secretary, Kirsten Nielsen, praised the House for passing the bill and also urged the Senate to follow suit because of the shifting threat landscape. It's doubtful, though, the Senate will take up the bill this year. Still, the current 115th Congress has another year left before it adjourns a year from now. So the possibility exists that by the end of 2018, the name of the agency will reflect what it does. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time. (laughs) 